Donald Trump, the leader of the MAGA Republican cult, fresh off of being sanctioned $1 million by a federal judge in Florida for bringing a completely frivolous lawsuit, gave a disgusting eulogy this weekend for a MAGA member, a Diamond, where he complained about the length of the service and whined about the 2020 election. Sometimes when I'm doing these intros, I feel like I'm just making <laughs> word salad up and just making words up. Just completely, utterly pathetic. Trump then went on to post attacks against Mitch McConnell and McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow, who was Trump's former uh, transportation secretary. He also posted statements praising the conduct of tax fraud and took photos of himself with convicted mobster Joseph Merlino. You see what I mean here, Brett? Like as I'm reading Come these I'm reading these intros, it's like what? Yeah, yeah. And, and it gets worse because it gets worse. Get Republican worse. leaders spent the past few days railing about M&Ms again, particularly the green M&M, okay? They were also very focused on Splash Mountain. It's limited about Splash, Splash Mountain. Uh, they were out there saying a Nixon was taken down by the deep state and they were praising Nixon. Um, they've also been championing tobacco and nicotine. Uh, they're spreading conspiracies about Democrats forcing people to meow uh, and eat bugs. Uh, they're bragging about how they fake sick to shut down the American economy. They're posting fake videos of themselves tremoring to spread anti-vax conspiracies and virulent conspiracy theorist and anti-vaxxer Marjorie Taylor Greene seems likely that she's going to be appointed by Kevin McCarthy to lead a special oversight committee that will be investigating COVID. I, you can't you can't make this stuff up. I mean, this is how disgusting the MAGA Republican Party has become. It's like some next level weirdness and dangerous behavior. But then we'll turn on this episode to the federal courts. Let's turn to the federal court in Washington, D.C., where on Monday, four Oath Keepers were convicted of seditious conspiracy. This was the second Oath Keeper trial brought by the Department of Justice for seditious conspiracy. And recall that the terrorist Oath Keeper leader, Stuart Rhodes and Kelly Meggs, were convicted in the fall of 2022 for seditious conspiracy. And the leaders of the terrorist group known as the Proud Boys are also currently on trial in the same federal court building that these Oath Keepers were just convicted of seditious conspiracy for seditious conspiracy. The Department of Justice is climbing the ladder right now, just like they do in mafia prosecutions. And Trump and Trump's inner circle are next. It's probably why Trump is hanging out with mobsters like Joey Merlino right now at Mar-a-Lago. There's the photo right there. So freaking despicable. And over the weekend, President Biden voluntarily allowed the Department of Justice to search his home for any more documents, just signaling complete cooperation. There's no search warrant needed. Just come on, check it out the way it should be. And uh, in addition to Donald Trump, George Santos or Kitara Ravache continues to lie and continues to be one of the faces of the Republican Party. And can we talk about good news yes, uh, for a please, second? Please, please. In, in the world of adult governing, 
that is the Biden administration. Let's discuss some good updates there as well. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by my brothers, Brett and Jordy Micellis. How are you both doing? Seems like a short episode today. Yeah, seems once again, another slow news day here on the Midas Touch Network. No, no, no. But I know exactly what everybody actually, the news that everybody wants to actually find out about, that, that we need to figure out and get to the bottom of. This is, I'm looking at Ben right now. Ben's been releasing videos all day long. You got quite the gash on oh, your forehead. My goodness. A lot of people are wondering if you oh. got into a fight. It's pretty it's oh, it's no a fight. pretty gnarly cut. Did That's you, significant. Did, did you make fun of Popox glasses to his face? Did something happen? <laughs> what, 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 what went down here? First off, if I made fun of Popox glasses to his face, that gash would be across <laughs> my entire face. So I would not you I don't even dare talk about Popox don't go glasses. There. Don't okay? do it. Don't, I do like not that. even go I there, Brett. No, really it's actually quite an embarrassing story. So the other day, I was craving <laughs> stupid. I was <laughs> craving those nerd gummy clusters, and being an adult, <laughs> I drove to the CVS to get those clusters that yeah. like the kind of the nerds that are together, and they're put together by jelly. So this is about two days ago, and I was debating whether or not to go or not. <laughs> And I was home by myself, so I, I decided to go and get it. So yesterday, I'm finally eating these nerd gummy clusters. And I'm eating on the kitchen, and I have these kind of high barred seats, bar seats. And one of the gummy clusters falls on the floor. Oh, no. And so I go to pick up the uh, gummy cluster <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> and, and again, I have these high kind of metallic bar is chairs. This, are we talking, is kitchen. this like a nerd's rope? What are we even talking about? What are we talking What's about? What's a gummy cluster? No, they're these little they're circles, ones? clusters. Oh, I'm not up on, oh, I'm yeah, not up on the new stuff. Yeah. What I used to do, we got to get into the episode before people <laughs> make What I used to <laughs> do with the nerds before they, <laughs> before they came out with the clusters, what I used to do is have my own variation of the clusters. I would eat a Skittle. Stop it. And then I would quickly Stop put it. <laughs> Stop it. And then I would quickly put the nerds in my mouth. And I guess a lot of people did that because they came up with the clusters. Yeah. So I dropped one cluster on the floor, like little, sure. little kind of. I, I have a picture yeah. now. And then I went to I went to pick it up, and bam! I hit my oh. head right on the chair, and then knocked <laughs> and then knocked myself out on the floor. Jordy and, and I underestimated her injury when you texted us yesterday. We thought you were maybe just like <laughs> like they just hit your head a little bit, and we were kind of laughing at it. And then we saw you today, and then we our our laughter became extreme concern for your health and well being. So we're glad to see that you're doing okay. I have the text chain too. Um, I just <laughs> which we're pulling up now where Ben says. I just bent down because I dropped a candy and I slammed my head on a chair, LOL. And me, uh, the empathetic one that I am, responded with the ha-ha reaction. And then Ben said, I'm fine, like I knocked myself out, LOL. And he wasn't lying. (laughs) Can I just say this right before we really dive into it, Brett? That's kind of always been your persona. When one of us would get hurt as a kid, Brett would be the first one to run over to us, point and laugh. So glad glad to see things haven't changed for you. Well, Ben, I'm glad that you're doing a bit better, but you're definitely going to get a call from our parents tonight making sure that you're okay. Here's the thing, Ben. If you were one of these right-wingers, you could just go, woke chair. I blame woke chair and woke nerds because that's the direction that we're seeing all this stuff happen right now, huh? Unbelievable. Full transparency on the Midas Touch Network here. It's a very embarrassing story (laughs) about how it came about. I'd love for it to be a 
I'd love it to be a tougher story, but that's what it is. But let's turn to the news, which is why I think hopefully people watch the Midas Touch Network versus learning about how I injure myself with uh, nerd clusters. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Um, Let's talk about you know some of these posts by Donald Trump over the weekend and this bizarre and deranged eulogy. Um, and let's then talk about just this photo with the mobster, Joey Merlino. Um, so over the weekend, there was a, a horrific shooting out here in Monterey Park, California. Uh, and our hearts and condolences goes out to all the victims, all the loved ones of victims and everybody injured. And you would expect somebody in a position of leadership who has any modicum of empathy would express the remorse and express sympathy for what took place, but not Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump links this to part of his conspiracy theories and just says the following. He goes, 10 dead in California shooting, horrible gun-wielding Antifa protest against our great police in Atlanta. Nothing will happen to them despite night of rage and destruction. Yet our January 6th protesters over a rigged election have had their lives ruined despite nobody killed except true patriot Ashley Babbitt. This situation will be fully rectified after the 2024 election. Thank you. I mean, what a horrific and disgusting thing to say there. I mean, number one, again, praising Ashley Babbitt as a patriot, ignoring the fact that a Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick was killed in connection with the uh, insurrection by insurrectionists, saying Ashley Babbitt, who was with a group of insurrectionists who stormed through the Capitol, the group was saying, F the blue, F the blue. They tried to get into the area to kill lawmakers who were in the next room, did not respond to multiple requests to get out, stop, get back, get back. And as the Capitol Police said in their own investigation, the fact that Ashley Babbitt was stopped likely saved numerous lawmaker lives. And then it's just linking the California shooting to all this other conduct. What it has nothing to do with each other. Again, it's just to spread these heinous and despicable conspiracies, linking that to his conspiracies about the election that have all been completely uh, debunked. And then when he goes, Nothing's going to happen. First off, these these six individuals who were involved in horrific conduct in Atlanta, they were immediately arrested that day and they were charged with domestic terrorism. It's not like they're they're part of Antifa. They're not part of – they were just six people who engaged in despicable, violent conduct who were charged on the spot. Unlike January 6th insurrectionists, some of them still haven't been charged yet and it's taken years before that's occurred charged with domestic terrorism right away. And then to basically say, oh, nobody was killed in the January 6th insurrection. It's just a way for him to call them political prisoners is utterly despicable conduct. And the threat, the situation will be fully rectified, which he's basically saying, I'm going to take over as a dictator and destroy the, the rule of law. That's what he's saying in the statement. Absolutely. And what he's doing there also is it's he's pulling a page right from Nazi Germany propaganda. He's pulling a page right from propaganda from the Kremlin, which is you take some sort of you know, event that happens in this case, it's the destruction that happened in Atlanta by these rogue, uh, whoever they were, who, who were going out, who did damage to the city, then labeling them as Antifa, acting like they're an organized movement supported by the Democratic 
party and then trying to brand everybody in the Democratic Party with that when you will not find a single person in the Democratic Party who goes to bat for these people, who expresses any support for these people whatsoever. It's strictly to demonize those people. And it's also to make light of what happened on January 6th and to muddy the waters and to say, oh, what do you mean, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, well, all these groups that I was in touch with, all the, the political prisoners that I myself am saying that I'm going to let out. I don't believe in law and order myself. I'm going to let these people on the street. I'm going to pardon all these insurrectionists. Oh, is that, that's the same. Look what, look, look what the left is doing. And I say the left in quotes. Look what the liberals, look what the Democrats are doing, burning down these cities. It's just very disingenuous rhetoric that is designed to be extremely charged with this loaded tone to it. And you see it being reverberated through the right wing ecosystem. Like I bet if you turned on the propaganda network known as Fox right now, I bet they're just running videos of that and saying, look what the Democrats are doing to the cities. I mean, Democrats, these aren't Democrats. Nobody supports that behavior whatsoever, but they want to use that as a level to, as an opportunity to try to brand these people as the other and say, look at this, these terrorists out there on the Democratic Party. These people got arrested for terrorism and you don't see anybody complaining on the Democratic side. Right. It's such a great point, Brett, because if this was, if they were clear as day, Proud Boys or Oath Keepers or whomever that the right has decided to align themselves with, there would be no condemnation from the right. They would do, they would bend over backwards, do their both sidesism and say that these people are, are good people on both sides. They would play that whole shtick up. And to your point, we are just, there. there's no way Democrats are going to claim these people as their own. We could condemn that behavior. That behavior is despicable and disgusting. Now, I want to go back to some more of Trump's posts in a moment, but it's an interesting segue there, Brett, to the type of propaganda and the, the uh, attempt uh, to become apologists and to kind of reframe what took place under Nixon by MAGA Republicans as an effort to attack the truth, right? There's a reason that Tucker Carlson is now defending Nixon because ultimately, if you look at the genesis of why Fox News was ultimately created, it was basically created by Roger Ailes as a response to the fact that the media was accurately reporting on Nixon's crimes which led to Nixon resigning. So Ailes and others working in the Republican Party wanted to figure out a plan. How do we stop that from happening? How do we create our own propaganda network that could fight back and address precisely what took place to Nixon, where the large media networks were channeling the righteous outrage of people that a president at the time was engaged in these criminal acts. That's why Tucker Carlson's now saying Nixon was overthrown by the deep state. That is what overthrown. they are actually putting forward, that, that they're using that exact language. It's not my language, right? It's Tucker Carlson. Do we have the clip of, of him saying that, Brett? So if you want to understand, if you really want to understand how the American government actually works at the highest levels, and if you want to know why they don't teach history anymore, one thing you should know is that the most popular president in American history was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon. Yet somehow, without a single vote being cast by a single American voter, Richard Nixon was kicked out of office and replaced by the only unelected president in American history. So we went from the most popular president to a president nobody voted for. 
Wait a minute, you may ask. Why didn't I know that? Wasn't Richard Nixon a criminal? Wasn't he despised by all decent people? <laughs> no, he wasn't. In fact, if any president could claim to be the people's choice, it was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was reelected in 1972 by the largest margin of the popular vote ever recorded before or since. Nixon got 17 million more votes than his opponent. Such such wild revisionist history from Tucker, and it shows you how the Republican Party right now it, it only exists by creating these false realities. They are trying to make their viewers believe these absurdities because if they can make them believe these absurdities, as Voltaire has said, it can allow their viewers to commit atrocities. And mm -hmm. it's almost like Tucker wakes up every single day and they go in the writers' room for the show and they go, "What crazy crap could we?" come up with today that we could get them to believe. And I see it like clockwork every single time. You see a Tucker Carlson segment air, and then you immediately see those talking points be disseminated by those people on the right, on Twitter and Telegram and all these, and they go full 100%. He's a genius. Tucker's the only one who's not afraid to tell you the truth. Why isn't nobody telling you the truth? Because he made it up. Because he's a liar. I mean, Nixon, sure, he won a big re-election, but his approval rating was down to 24% when he stepped down due to Watergate. 24%. And he was not forced out. He resigned, ultimately. Thank he you. was somebody who actually resigned. And I think far too few people realize that the genesis of Fox News, like Ben was saying, began during the Nixon administration because mm. Fox News was not actually started until Murdoch until much later than that. But that was the culmination of decades and decades and decades of planning that began with Roger Ailes during the Nixon administration. And in fact, you could look this up. And after the show, after you listen to this, I encourage you to look it up. You could look up a document that is at the Nixon libraries. I believe it's at the Nixon libraries, but it's a memo from the Nixon administration that's believed to be written by Roger Ailes. And it is called, quote, a plan for putting the GOP on TV news right there clear as day. It's a 15 page document. And it begins with an acknowledgement that they, they, they say TV has emerged as the most powerful news source in large part because, quote, people are lazy and want their thinking done for them. That's the thesis of Fox News right there. And they use it because they thought the media was going after them. They were upset that the media was accurately reporting on Nixon at the time. And they wanted to inject disinformation and propaganda into the bloodstream of America. And that's exactly what they sought out to do. And that's why Roger Ailes was named the founding CEO when they started Fox News, when Murdoch ultimately started Fox Fox News. I think the history of Fox News is important in understanding how we got to where we are today. And that's why we never say, and nobody should ever say that this is a legitimate news network. They were started as a propaganda arm of the Republican Party, and they remain a propaganda arm of the Republican Party. And they are not designed to spread the truth, the facts, balance, whatever they want to call it. They are designed to disseminate propaganda and disinformation that often at this moment in time aligns directly with what's coming out from Russia and the Kremlin because they serve the same ultimate end games and end goals here. Brett, that's an excellent Look, breakdown. And let me just say this real quick, Ben, before I toss it to you. Do you do you know who knew Nixon was guilty? Nixon knew Nixon was guilty. It's why he resigned. 
is crazy. The revisionist history is bonkers. Ben, to you. And look, propaganda is designed to work. And historically, propaganda is a very effective tool because you start telling people these lies and you bring it from people who look like convincing messengers. Oh, this person's wearing a suit and look at Tucker Carlson. He looks like a newscaster and they're calling it news. And and then when these people say outrageous things, it's such a big lie. And the bigger the lie, the better when it comes to propaganda for spreading it, that people would go, who would... Who would make up such a lie, for example, like when Devin Nunes goes on one of these right-wing extremist networks and says, oh, what the Democrats are, are doing right now is they're forcing humans to no longer communicate by words. It's all about meowing. Like, who? It's such an insane thing to make up that people's reaction to that propaganda is often nobody would lie to me like that and make something up. But that's precisely what they're doing. That's why the big lie is effective. So play this clip of Devin Nunes. And by the way, what Devin Nunes is saying is echoed so much that people like Coach Dungy, who used to, who was Tony a Super Dungy. Bowl winning coach, he's out there saying to people that yes, it's Democrats who are making people have putting kitty litters in the bathrooms at schools because people identify as cats. This was someone who is a like a Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah, is you know who is someone who I grew up thinking this is a smart person. Yeah. And, and so permeates it so permeates everything, and it's completely a lie. As Republicans are out there literally stealing from you, taking your social security, jacking up your um, your prescription drug prices, you know, making sure that, you know, that pandemics aren't taking seriously. You know, seriously, let's look up. Uh, let's, let's play this Devin Nunes clip. I'd like to answer your question, but you're going to have to meow to me first so that you can signal to that, me. That, that ain't ha- that that ain't that ain't ever happening. That what? is not going to. If you and I started meowing back and forth at each other, even though this crazy stuff has been out there and these crazy left wingers are doing this, like pretending to be animals, and that's how they communicate. If you and I did it on the show today, you can bet that we would be all over the fake news as two conservative guys go completely nuts and start meowing to each other, ignoring the millions of minds that they're brainwashing, thinking that this is normal. You got to be kidding me. I think the you got that here. Play this one. This is Don, this is this is Don Jr. saying how uh, uh, you know global leaders, the globalists, they're trying to get people to eat bugs. Guys, it's great when the lunatics finally out themselves, and one by one, these globalist world leaders are outing themselves to the public. Make no mistake, okay? At the World Economic forum. These are the globalists. These are the people that want you eating bugs and eliminating meat and eliminating your ability to own anything independently, but you'll take care of you and you'll be really, really happy. They're pushing communism times 10. This is insanity, but we're letting them get away with it. I know it sounds so out there. It's very, very out there, except when you look at what's actually going on, right? Everything that's talked about the new world order, it's another conspiracy theory, folks. Everything's a conspiracy theory until a few months later when it's proven to be 100% right. And why would we need a digital infrastructure with these new mRNA vaccines? 
And enough of that. We've heard, we've heard enough of, of Don Jr. there. And, and notice how they always frame it too. They're like, I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds unbelievable. I know it sounds like I'm making this up. Yeah. Cause you are, you are making it up. You are making it up. And they almost want to like, they, they want their opposition, which in this case are, are Democrats or anybody who's not in the MAGA cult. It's not even just Democrats. It's anybody who does. Let's be real, Brett, before you make the point, when he's saying globalists, he's, he's referencing Jews. Like he's, using anti-Semitic propaganda from the past, yeah. the new world order. He, he's basically saying, mm. you know, the, the the Jews who are all meeting in secret over there, you know, is part of who, who are controlling all of this. That is the disgusting conspiracies. And if you go back and look at these, 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 this type of tropes that were used in medieval times. And before that, it's, it's almost identical. Yeah. Let me just say this real quick about Devin Nunes too, before we talk about Don a bit more. I think that that Twitter account, the Devin Nunes cow that he actually tried to sue for some reason or another, I think that broke Nunes. He's deadly serious in that clip. Like I actually believe he thinks that's happening in this world. He needs some help, man. Dude, that's a that's a weird, scary clip. I don't think he buys anything. I think he left his job in Congress to get this job at Truth Social and get paid a boatload of money at Truth Social. Who knows if those checks have even been cashing? Or but you know he's he, he's <laughs> wanted to take the money, and now his whole gamble that he made, the entire bet that he made, looks like it's about to go right down the toilet because Donald Trump is expected to break his deal with Truth Social and come back to Twitter and. Facebook in the coming weeks, which would render Truth Social essentially worthless. And Donald Trump has an exclusivity deal with Truth Social, which he had already has made statements apparently to people being like, I don't give a, a shit about that agreement anymore. I need to be on Twitter. I need to be on Facebook. So that company is going to just, it, it's already been nosediving and it's under uh, multiple investigations. But once Trump actually comes to the other platforms, Nunez's whole career move is going to backfire on him tremendously. And you got to know that that's coming also because, you know, if loyalty is a one-way street when MAGA and Donald Trump. And what I was going to add to echo Ben's point about what he was saying about the code words of the globalists is in the same way, they also want to position people as almost like savages, right? Like these are savages. These are parasites. Look and look what they're doing to you. They want you to eat bugs. Now that's what they're going to force you to do. They're going to make you do all this gross stuff and they're going to control you at your every single move. They want to dehumanize the opposition the same way that evil autocrats have dehumanize their opposition throughout history. Like, like we've been kind of going through everything. It's all very evocative of Russian propaganda, of Nazi propaganda. They are using those tactics, but they are using it in a very modern way, which which is what makes it so dangerous and so scary. And they're using the power of digital media, of the internet, of algorithms, of all the platforms that they've taken yep. over and purchased yep. and, and go back and forth between with each other. They're using all of that in order to harness that power and do truly evil things. And so that's why we all, that's why we show these clips. And that's why we all need to be extra alert and on guard at all times when we see this. And yes, you want to laugh at it and you want to go, this is crazy that they're saying this, but you have to know there are people on the other end who believe these things and who are ready to be called to action to fight against these things because they're being told, look at all these people around you. They're going to force you to eat 
bugs. They're going to take away your property. They're going to take away your things. They're going to say, I control you now. And ultimately, where does it lead? We know where it leads because we see where it leads every single time. It leads to this radical right-wing domestic terrorism. It leads to somebody showing up at Nancy Pelosi's house. It leads to somebody showing up with a gun and shooting at the houses of Democratic lawmakers. That's exactly where this leads every single time. And that's why it's so important that and we- instead of, And instead of condemn it, now MAGA Republicans create another conspiracy based on the violence that they've created. Oh, Nancy Pelosi's husband was involved in a homosexual relationship where he was in his underwear and that's why you know they, were, they had this hammer together and, and that's really what was going on. And then they make jokes about it to further dehumanize and to treat people who are part of the same country as cockroaches. They want people to hate Democrats and people who love democracy. They want them to hate them worse than any other force out there. And that is being amplified through all of these digital platforms on the right. And it's being amplified on Fox. And then you have the large media networks, though, that purport to just tell it how it is, who both sides it and goes, oh, that's the conservative perspective. And now here's the liberal perspective. No, 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 no. That's the fascist perspective. There's a pro-democracy perspective that looks at that and goes, that's fascist. And so if you want to be an honest broker as the media, don't call that conservative. Call it fascist, call it out, and stop covering your eyes and closing your ears to saying, oh, there are centrists in the Republican Party in the House of Representatives. No, they're not. There's different gradations of fascistic people, but they're but they're all fascists led by Donald Trump at the top. Let's go back to some of these posts, and this is an example of it because they even call people like Mitch McConnell Democrats. That 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 Mitch McConnell is is basically a cheerleader for the Democrats now. And so here's one of the posts that Trump made. He goes, Mitch McConnell is either the worst negotiator in history of politics or a stone cold crook. There can be no further explanation as to why he has become such a rubber stamp for the Democrats. Republicans use debt ceiling to get it all back. By the way, first off, just to replace Donald Trump in the first sentence with Mitch McConnell, right? Donald Trump is the worst negotiator. And Donald Trump is a stone cold crook, right? Because everything he says is projection. And then he goes, use the debt ceiling to get it all back. By the way, the need to raise the debt ceiling at all is to cover the bills that Donald Trump uh, created, all of the debt that Donald Trump saddled our nation with. It has nothing to do with new spending. It's about meeting our old obligations. And nobody increased the debt more than Donald Trump as Representative Eric Swalwell said, we need to start calling the debt ceiling exactly what it is, which is paying Donald Trump's bills. It's not allowing for new spending. It's paying for much of what Trump and Speaker McCarthy recently spent. That's the reality of what the debt ceiling is. And Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, their goal, they're arsonists. They're destructionists. They want to destroy our country. And one way to do that is by uh, causing America to default on its debt and causing America to default on its full and the full faith and credit behind 
the United States government. It's utterly, utterly despicable. And then he goes on to post this racist, xenophobic, hateful thing about Elaine Chao, who, by the way, worked in Trump's cabinet, was the transportation secretary under Donald Trump. Trump writes, does Coco Chow, is what he calls it, just this disgusting that he even uses that language, have anything to do with Joe Biden's classified documents being sent and stored in Chinatown? Her husband, the old broken crow, is very close to Biden, the Democrats, and of course, China. He gives them all whatever they want. First up, he's not close to the Democrats. What are you talking about? Mitch McConnell's not close to the Democrats. He just If you're not a cult member to them, you're now a Democrat, you're a rhino, you're part of the people they want to dehumanize and call a cockroach. And one of the way they dehumanize you and dox you and attack you is to attack family members. It's why they go after special counsel Jack Smith's wife. And here going after, he doesn't care that uh, Elaine Chow was his former cabinet secretary for the uh, Department of Transportation. He uses these hateful, xenophobic, and just plainly just it's it's not like a racist dog whistle. It's like just racist. It's just a racist mm-hmm. statement that he's making. It's being stored in Chinatown. It's, it's horrific that there's a base out there that looks at this and goes, yeah, yeah, that's – this should be the most non-political thing in the world, that you look at this and go bad. The same way yeah. you go insurrection, bad. George Santos, bad. Mm-hmm. Global pandemics, bad. Election denying, bad. Racism like this, bad. But we don't have that anymore because the MAGA Republicans are all like, great, good. What are you talking about? This is all amazing. That didn't happen. Right. And they're all on the same page with it. And, you know, it's like you were saying about how replace Donald Trump's name with Mitch McConnell's name there. And it's like he's describing himself. Whenever you hear Donald Trump do those deranged posts and he says, the media is colluding with the Democrats and the this and the that, that's also direct projection. They are the Republican Party and Fox News and all these right-wing entities all collude with one another to spread a message. And the lessons that they learned from Nixon after all these years, going back to that, is that they needed an infrastructure to fight back if something like that happened. They needed an infrastructure to own the conversation. They needed an infrastructure to make themselves impenetrable and to make it so that if any of this happens, they could crush the opposition. They could spread lies. They could attack their family members. They could cause stochastic terrorist attacks around the country. And that's what they're doing with Fox. That's what they're doing with with Newsmax, with RSBN, with OAN, with all these networks. They all work in concert with each other. You know, talk about the Twitter files. Could you imagine... Can you imagine the emails between Republican elected officials and organizations like Fox News? Could you imagine what those emails are mm-hmm. and how they're backing each other up and how they're probably like, "Why don't you come on? We'll we'll, we'll clear that up for people." You know what I'm saying? We'll 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 we'll, we'll get over that story. We'll spread this. We'll target so and so. You know, they all work exactly in concert with one another, and the result is incredibly damaging. And it's something that. The American people should all stand up and rise up against. But sadly, we have a percentage of the country, which is who Roger Ailes was talking about when he gave that thesis for Fox News in 1970, that our simply, I guess, too lazy, or they're just very easily manipulated by Fox News, and they watch it, and they take it in, and then they just start regurgitating the same things. That's why one of of the interesting cycles of 
the kind of Trump and post-Trump era to me has been when a story breaks and there's that slight gap of time where the messaging hasn't been transmitted to everybody yet, where everybody is waiting for what did Donald Mm -hmm. Trump, what's he going to say about this issue? And then you start seeing some people making excuses and they have this theory and that theory. But then once Trump sends his post or his press release or whatever, or, or Tucker goes on the show, they all get in line behind that exact thing. And it doesn't matter if it's completely contradictory to everything they've been saying for the past 24 hours. That has no effect on them, but they are full 100% with the propaganda. They get right in line. And that is really what defines the modern day Republican party. It's the willingness, it's the desire, it's the uh, just the incredible ability of these people to be just so manipulated. And in Russia, at least, there's not as uh, there's an excuse for it in Russia. In Russia, you have a fascistic government, an authoritarian government who is telling people what they have to watch, who is feeding them specific information. Here, you can watch whatever you want. You could go on whatever websites you want, but people on the, in the right wing are self-selecting that they are being fed propaganda. They don't have to be like, they're not in Russia, but they are choosing choosing to inject themselves with the propaganda. And I think that's what makes this just so sad and so tragic. And then Brett, let me just give a specific moment of exactly what you were talking about before the people who watch Fox or the Newsmaxes get their talking points. It was President Biden's first State of the Union. If you guys remember that speech, it was incredibly uplifting, incredibly motivating, incredibly hopeful of what this country could aspire to be at its best. If you pulled anyone immediately after he gave that State of the Union address, you would be like, this is awesome. This is a president. This is someone who I can get behind, who actually loves this country as much as I like to think I love this country. And so it wasn't until Fox got a hold of the coverage and got their talking heads there and Newsmax and, you know, people started spouting off tweets, all these talking heads did then, you know, all these MAGA Republicans start spewing hate and just pure unfiltered hate about this speech. And I know I'm going back into the archives now of one very specific moment, but if y'all can recall that exact moment in time, it was truly an incredibly uplifting and powerful moment uh, that President Biden was able to deliver to the American people. And it wasn't until Fox got a hold of it that then all these talking heads get all their talking points and start spewing hate all over the place. Brett, I want to take issue just briefly with you saying that people are choosing and self-selecting this. Uh, To some extent, you're right. But the way propaganda works is that it's targeted. And the messages are being targeted to appeal to people's primal fears. And when you tap on those primal fears and then create a sense of otherness and other rising groups, and then you can blame people's problems on something else, that's the way propaganda targets. And there, there's a reason that it's appealing as people are looking for answers to very complicated situations. And if on the pro-democracy or democratic side, I have to give you an explanation that's longer than a few sentences, while a MAGA Republican can just simply say, the reason is because of this ethnic group. That's why. And I have to explain to you, no, let me explain to you the way our economic system is built and let me break down for you our debt ceiling and how the debt ceiling exists, why it exists. We can go back to 1917 when Congress created the debt ceiling to pay for World War I and I've already lost the information war 
when the MAGA Republican says, here's a Mexican convoy coming your way. And that's why propaganda has an appeal. And that's why there's an importance on leadership generally. You may recall over the weekend, one of the videos that we played when we talk about the exodus of people away from the MAGA Republican Party, we showed a clip from the debate in 1988 in the Republican primaries. And one of the candidates was a former four-star general who was also a secretary of state who passed away in 2010, General Alexander Haig, who talked precisely about what I'm talking about now. And he explained that what is so important is that a leader doesn't basically do, doesn't, doesn't go down to the kind of base views of sometimes, you know, unchecked populism and kind of further fuel disinformation. It's important for leaders. And this is what a Republican candidate said who was in the primary. It is important for what a leader to do is to steer the ship, even if it's against potentially what you can do to sway your base. And so in the video that I did, I compared that to just the things that DeSantis is doing. DeSantis will spread all of the conspiracies and will play to the lowest common denominator, whether that's banning AP African-American history, whether it's saying, okay, this there's this conspiracy that's spreading in the MAGA world about Democrats wanting to take your stove. So I'm going to give tax breaks for anyone who wants to buy a gas stove in Florida. It's playing to the, 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 the smallest common denominator there, and it's really the opposite of what leadership is. But one of the reasons we do this podcast and we have the network is because the large media networks didn't do the analysis I just gave or explain how propaganda works, how it attacks people. The large media networks go, that's conservative. There's the conservative mm -hmm. dissent, yeah. conservative saying that. When they go, there's nothing conservative. That's that's crazy. Yeah. That's what a lunatic, that's yeah. fascist. And of course, all supercharged by the fact that we now live in this new digital age where everything is based on algorithms and in trying to feed people what they want. And you're able to get sucked down these rabbit holes super, super, super quickly. And it starts very light. Like if you made a burner account and you started liking just things about lower taxes, say, say about you, you start liking things about tax cuts, all of a sudden it might say based on its algorithms, it might go, oh, this sounds like it might be a, uh, someone on the right. Let's, let's feed them something else. And then it feeds you up something else. And maybe you interact with it. Maybe you even interact with it in a negative way. Who knows? But it says, oh, he interacted with that clip. Let's send him something else. Let's send him something else. And it gradually, actually not even all that gradually, it pretty quickly pulls right. you into this ecosystem where all of a sudden all the information you're being fed is that. And the people spreading the information learn that the most inflammatory things that they could say are the things that are going to get the most likes, the most retweets, the most Facebook shares. And so they are then encouraged to do that. And so it's sort of this circular uh, issue that happens where everybody is out competing each other in that ecosystem to try to be as inflammatory as possible, to try to rile people up and to try to turn them against each other. And that's a true issue. And that's why propaganda is spreading at the rate that it is. And that's why you have kitty litter stories ending up with in Dungy. And that's why you have all these stuff I mean, smart people. Like these are intelligent people a lot of times sure. who are yeah. echoing these sentiments. We can't act like these are just 
stupid people out there. These are intelligent people who have fallen under the spell for whatever reason. And it's a huge, huge, huge problem. What you just described so perfectly, Brett, is how someone like an Andrew Tate gets so much notoriety and so much fame in such a short period of time because he plays into everybody's worst thoughts and opinions and just overall hate. So you just explained that absolutely perfectly. The other thing, please don't make a burner account and do what Brett said. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> I can guarantee you. So don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, look, no one who recruits for cults ever goes to somebody, hey, I got this cult. You want to join my cult? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not what they right. do. You know, they, they, they have people who are on college campuses or in public spaces, you know, who look and talk like you, who go up to you and go, hey, oh, you, you know, you, you're shooting hoops. Can I shoot hoops? You know, there's a great basketball court down the block if you want to check it out. You know, we, we got this great home and this great, con that's how they get you in. It's the same tactics in a digital way mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that that is ultimately used. We've got a lot to cover, by the way, still in this episode. We got to talk about the Oath Keepers who have been convicted of seditious conspiracy yes. again. We got to talk about, you know, President Biden voluntarily allowing the Department of Justice into his home and comparing that to Donald Trump engaged in criminal obstruction. We got to talk about Qatar Ravash, aka George Santos, who denied it now, accepts it and and but says that whatever. We'll go through all of the George <laughs> Santos. We'll go, you know, I can't and Donald Trump's day with a monster. We gotta we gotta dig into that a little bit too. Oh, we gotta talk about Donald Trump's day with a monster. One thing I want to talk about that was really great over uh, the weekend for all of our uh, patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, we hosted, we went over three hours and we had an exclusive Zoom chat over the weekend and everybody joined the Zoom chat and we just kept on going. We answered every question. So I think we went almost like three and a half hours at the end of the day. Almost three hours. Not a great. single... Yeah, not a single person who had a question. We didn't. We answered every single question. That's just one of the exclusive features you'll get, and we're going to do more of those uh, every month. So if you go to Patreon.com/slash Midas Touch, a lot of exclusive content you could only get on our Patreon site. But most importantly, we're not funded by any outside investor, so you'll get that great exclusive content. You could meet us personally on the Zooms. There's a lot of great stuff there if you become a member. But most importantly, it's how we remain 100% accountable to you by not having outside investors. I wouldn't do this if I wasn't 100% accountable to you, but it allows us to reject all outside investors. We're 100% independent. And I always get asked by you, what can we do to help? No worries if you can. It's a paid membership. And so don't worry, we're still going to do all our other content. But if you can, it's a way to kind of fund the operations here without any outside investors and helps us grow. Patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Again, patreon.com slash Midas Touch. I want to tell you too about our next sponsor, NeuroHacker. I love NeuroHacker. We here at Midas Touch and the Midas Media Network are spinning a lot of plates, obviously, to keep you informed on breaking news content day in and day out. That's why we're so proud to partner with NeuroHacker Qualia Mind to keep us focused and improve our memories. Transforming willpower and productivity can in turn transform tons of life habits for the better, from workouts to job performance to life goals. And that's why it's so important to have a sharp memory in today's working environment. Look, we've all lost our keys before or forgot something at work and ended up down on ourselves because, well, 
how could I forget that? Worry no more. You you hit your head picking up uh, some candy. <laughs> Our sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of the most research-backed nootropic ingredients on earth into the ultimate brain fuel formula, Qualium Mind. And it's been changing people's lives for years now. For my daily mental performance and supporting long-term brain health, Qualium Mind is indispensable. It's so cool to take a health product where you don't have to wonder if it's working because I noticed the difference in just days to my focus, my mood, my memory, and my willpower to get things done. The formula is non-GMO, it's vegan, it's gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring each ingredient's effect on mental clarity. It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee. Wow. You have almost three months to try Qualia Mine and no financial risk, and hey, decide for yourself if it's working. So see what the best brain fuel formula on earth can do for your mindset. All right, go to neurohacker.com slash Midas. For $100 off, I don't even know how we got this deal. It's $100 off. It's pretty good. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com slash Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S. For $100 off, that's only $39 a bottle. And as a listener of Midas Touch, use the code Midas at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. That's neurohacker.com slash Midas to try Qualia Mind with code Midas to experience life-changing mental performance. Also, our next sponsor is Green Chef. Let's go. I love Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans that are fit for every lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. In 2023, help yourself to delicious, easy-to-follow recipes that support your healthy lifestyle and taste good too. Eat well in the new year without sacrificing taste. Make more time for your other goals in 2023 with convenient, nutritious recipes from Green Chef. Try fast and fit recipes under 750 calories and ready in less than 25 minutes. Plus, cut down on meal prep with pre-portioned and prepped ingredients, including pre-measured sauces, spices, and dressings. Green Chef's recipes feature premium proteins, seasonal organic produce, and sustainably sourced seafood. Expand your palate with unique farm-fresh ingredients like figs, dates, and artichokes. Raise your food standards in 2023 and reap the flavor benefits. What I love about Green Chef is their spicy Sesame oh, shrimp. So good. This keto so good. dish only takes 15 minutes and showcases what a stir fry should be. Quick, uncomplicated, and super satisfying. Uh, the coolest part about this, too, is I really get to impress my fiance because these dishes look as they taste. And after hitting my head on a chair, I need to impress her <laughs> a lot. And again, you know, you're on the go a lot. So the fact that cooking this quick and uncomplicated is perfect for you. So here's what you got to do. Go to greenchef.com slash Midas 60. Now, why is it 60? Because you're going to get 60% off. Let's go. You're going to get 60% off plus free shipping. Ooh. 
That's right. So go to greenchef, G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F dot com slash M-E-I-D-A-S six zero and use the code Midas six zero, M-E-I-D-A-S six zero to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well, I appreciate our sponsors. I love our sponsors. Those are great deals. Those are great deals. They really are. They're like silly good deals. Like I I honestly don't know how even these companies make money with all the deals that they're giving our our listeners, but be sure to check them out and shout out to them for supporting the show. Let's dig into some of this crazy, crazy, crazy stuff, Ben. Should we let, let's start off with Trump's posing for photographs with mobster Joey Merlino, yeah. because then let's compare that to the um, uh, the trial, the federal trial against the Oath Keepers also for engaging in conspiracies to overthrow governments. And this is all going on around the same time. So Trump posed for a picture with the former Philly mob boss, not just like a random mobster. Like the former mob boss of all of Philadelphia, Joey Merlino, at the Palm Beach Golf Course. And Trump posed for a photo um, at the club. By the way, the club where Donald Trump claimed that he – in one of the other posts that he posted on his social media platform, he claimed that he won the golf tournament again. He like lies about everything. He he always lies like – he claimed that he won the tournament back in 2018 and he didn't even compete in the tournament. So he, he just completely lies. I don't know if this was taken during the tournament, but his new thing is uh, – not his new thing, but what he just did is he lied about the tournament. There's also a, there's also a person in that photo who's Merlino's friend. And just so you know who Merlino was, he's convicted in 2001 in a racketeering case. He served a decade in federal prison and then he said he was reformed and got better and that he was working at this restaurant in the Palm Beach area. And then he got arrested again in 2018 for engaging in more crimes related to gambling. And then guess what? Like all of these criminals became a Trumper. One of the funny things about Merlino is that he was one of the conspiracies that MAGA had put out there was that, and that was embraced by a lot of the people in Trump's inner circle, was that Merlino was involved in paying millions of dollars to switch the votes for Biden. So that was one of the conspiracy theories that they spread. And then Merlino's people were like, no, Joey's a Trumper. Joey's a Trumper. Yeah, because he's trying to catch a pardon from Trump Joey's a, on his way Joey's out. a Trumper. Yeah, yeah, of course. All these criminals are Trumpers because they're trying to catch pardons from Trump on the way out. And that's an exact quote. Ben's not just like paraphrasing here. Joey is a Trumper Come and on. any allegation of Come fixing on. this is just completely fiction, said an attorney for Molino who ran to Fox News and said, hey, we're not helping Biden. Jo- Joey's a Trumper. That's like that's the craziest Come thing. On. Because mobsters, what, what, you, what we have to all realize collectively is that the entire Republican Party at this point is an organized crime ring with Donald Trump mm-hmm. as the mob boss. And it's an international crime ring. It's even though we're in America, it's an international crime ring. And we'll get into some of these other connections as well. But everybody knows already the Republican Party's connections to Russia. And we've been hitting on them frequently on the show, how all these connections continue to come up. And every time they come up, I continue to say, if we truly knew the full extent of the Kremlin's claws, just how deep their claws were in the Republican Party and in this country, in major parts of this country, in our institutions, I think all of our jaws would collectively be on the absolute floor. And every week, it seems we find out more and more and more is revealed between 
the Trumpers, between actual mobsters in America, between Russian oligarchs who operate like mobsters overseas. And you see all these groups and all these factions work together. And that is the Republican Party for you. And they've even adopted the language of the mafia. If you saw Marjorie Taylor Greene over the past few weeks and Kevin McCarthy, the way they speak about the Republican Party when they try to make decisions is they go, we're going to get together the five families to talk this out. We're going to hash this out, the five family. That's mafia talk. That's mafia talk. You see the way Trump talks about cooperating witnesses and talks about, oh, that's a rat. That's a rat. Rats shouldn't be allowed to speak out against people. That's Michael Cohen. That's a rat. This person's a rat. That's mafia talk. That's mafia talk. And they openly embrace this sort of talk every single time. That was also one of the things that this uh, that Merlino had bonded with Trump over. It's with saying that cooperating witnesses should be illegal because they're rats who should not be involved in the process. It's like it's something that they are like buddy buddy about. It's like something that they like get along with. They're like, yeah, the rats. We got to do away with the rats. This is who they are. This is who they are. And we saw this also. Uh, you want to talk about that golf tournament that Ben was talking about too. So I think that was actually at a different time because that this was early January where he took the picture with Merlino. And of course, Donald Trump, you know, it's full on back to the Nick Fuentes kind of kind of thing. Oh, what do you mean? We didn't know. We didn't know. Uh, I added it. The picture happened. Who knows? But Donald Trump does this golf tournament. L- let me just make this clear at the top. He missed the first 18 holes. He didn't golf in the first 18 holes at all. He was at Diamond and Silk. He was at the memorial service for Diamond of Diamond and Silk. And then the competitors arrive on Sunday after Donald Trump wasn't even there for like a full day of golf. And they see Donald Trump's name at the very top of the leaderboard leading. And all these people, they just accept it. All the people who golf for Trump, they just accept it because they're cowards and because they are happy to live in this like weird Kim Jong-un kind of- It's no different than when you see the videos of Putin playing hockey and letting and having the national team let him score the goals because they're too scared to block it, block him from doing well. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And you see, and they say like the competitors, they just looked at it. They, they were like, oh, there, there goes Trump again, shrugged their shoulders and, and moved on. And then Trump goes and he brags about it. He brags about winning the golf tournament that he didn't even play the first 18 holes in. It's like, it, it's such a weird pathology and it's the pathology of dictators and autocrats. It's the same playbook. They're not creative in what they're doing. They're just very effective with it. And they have a party who is willing to openly embrace it in this country. And nobody who's showing any sort of backbone or leadership skills that's able to stand up like the Republican Party of old and say, that's not what this country is. That's not what we stand for. That doesn't exist today. If you watch videos, even of Reagan, who really is responsible for moving our country in this direction in a big way. But if you even watch videos of Reagan or H.W. Bush, it's a different party entirely. They, they would be laughed out as rhinos, as liberals, as as like the radical left. The things that they say when you watch these so clips, true. it's so mad- true. It, it's maddening to see how just how far they have moved to the right and towards autocracy. And do you have the video of Trump at the eulogy when he was not winning the golf tournament where he was complaining about how long he was there for? So when he finally goes up and gives this speech about, by the way, the, 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 what people are speculating is that Diamond passed from COVID. Um, and she had bragged about being not vaccinated, although now they spread these anti-vax conspiracies that 
they were vaccinated and that's what did it. And, and it's just completely deranged and despicable conspiracies. But while Trump is there, he is the like the first thing he says is like, what I, you told me this was going to be 15 minutes. Do we have that video? Let's play that clip. Thing and and I don't believe, you know, they told me, I said, give me a little time because I have a lot of people waiting for me back in a place called Palm Beach, Florida. They said, give me a little time. What do you think it'll take? Oh, about 15, 20 minutes, sir, in and out. I said, well, it could take longer. This is a little longer than 15 minutes, right? Beautiful words, beautiful yeah, eulogy. And then he went on to talk about the election was stolen and all of the other conspiracies that he spread. Brett, while we've been on the air, Tucker Carlson has been on the air as well. And to the point that we were talking about earlier uh, in our podcast, what Tucker Carlson led today's episode with is, quote, the Democratic Party is the only party with an armed militia on the street. Exactly what we said that they were going it's, to say. It's, exa and it's he, literally and exactly he, right. I know my Fox. I know my Fox News. I know my prop. I know my right wing propaganda, folks. You ghostwriting? You ghostwriting for Tucker? <laughs> and, and, and then you had Marjorie Taylor Greene go on and, and say, these are not anti-fascist. They are fascist. They defend referring to the armed militias that they're saying are democratic. They they defend the drag queens targeting our children. They go after people when they are not vaccinated and demand they get vaccinated and wear masks during the so-called pandemic. That's the language that she used, calling it a so-called pandemic, forcing vaccinations, saying that they're coming after your kids with drag queens and that it's part of a democratic militia. You, that's exactly the type of deranged and disgusting conspiracies that we said that they were going to go and lead. And that's exactly what just took place. And the fact that going to the point that I made earlier, if you can't look at pandemic right. and say bad, what the heck is going on? And as I've said before, I think that there are legitimate conversations to be had once we accept that the global pandemic is deadly and dangerous. Okay, why does business X stay open and why is business Y closed? Why is a big department store open, but a mom and pop shop, that one gets closed? Is there a way to help businesses stay open? Are there things that we could use government for to make sure people don't lose their jobs? I think there's a discussion there. But that's not the discussion that exists. The discussion that exists is you've got a political party in the MAGA Republican Party that spreads a conspiracy and tells you the pandemic isn't real. That's that's bizarre, it, 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 dangerous. You remember, Brett, in our Patreon chat, patreon.com slash Midas Touch, that we had one of the people were from Denmark. And she explained, look, whether you're viewed as right wing or left wing here in Denmark, we all agree that the pandemic's something to take seriously. Yeah. We can't even fathom that you have a political party in the United States of America that that acts like the pandemic isn't real. Like we can't even fathom how that's even a thing. She, and she goes, she told us, she goes, look, we have those conversations like, okay, should this business be open? Should that business, what, what do, what do lockdowns look like? How long, what's the duration? Like we should have, but let's accept that this is a very dangerous and deadly pandemic. And first and foremost, we got to protect people's lives. It's like, how do you not do that? And then? not only do we not do that here, but the Republicans, the main thing 
that they want to use their power of running the House of Representatives for is to use it in order to advance these lies and conspiracies and use it to spread disinformation with the official seal of the House of Representatives. They want to give it the stamp of approval of the United States government to legitimize these lies, to legitimize this disinformation. And example number one right here, based off exactly what we're speaking about, Kevin McCarthy says he's likely to appoint Marjorie Taylor Green to a new oversight select subcommittee to quote unquote investigate COVID. This comes from the New York Times reporting. Now, Marjorie Taylor Green, obviously a fierce anti vaxxer, somebody who even in the past, she was kicked off Twitter initially for her anti-vax statements and in the past weeks has ramped up her anti-vax rhetoric saying, oh, we're going to tell you the truth about ivermectin and why they didn't want you to take ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and the truth about what's in those vaccines and how they're killing people and just lying, just lying to people, spreading fear about the vaccines, lying that people are just dropping dead from the vaccines. None of this is happening. She had compared mass rules to the Holocaust. She's been fined for refusing to follow the COVID guidelines. So what do they do? They put her in charge of a COVID committee, which isn't in charge of trying to figure out how do we develop the best vaccines? How do we protect the American people? No, it's about how do we spread more disinformation and how do we attack those people who actually were trying to help with the pandemic? How do we use this as a launching point to attack Dr. Anthony Fauci? How do Mm. we use this to attack the people who created the vaccines? How do we use this to spread more fear, to spread more panic, to spread more disease? And that right there is an incredible sickness coming within the Republican Party. And you see it in all facets. It's what they want to do with not only COVID, but it's what they want to do with January 6th, with Trump, with everything. They just want to use this not to try to help the American people, not to try to pass legislation. They want to use it to further advance their own propaganda and conspiracies because that's how they want to win this information war that we are in. And you start to they also want Jordy, all you thanks, Ben. You start to peel back the layers and you, you circle back two weeks, three weeks ago when you're looking at the speaker of the house vote, you start to understand a little bit more. Ah, this is why Marjorie Taylor green was cozying up to Kevin McCarthy. This is why she was trying to get everyone in his bag because he has promised her all these committee assignments and she is going to be a pain in our butts for the next one and a half years. Jordy, let me give you a quote from Kevin McCarthy. This is a a line-by-line quote from Kevin McCarthy, the current Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, the spineless, weak coward, Kevin McCarthy. Quote, I will never leave that woman, he said, referring to Marjorie Taylor Greene. I will always take care of her. That's the Republican Party in a nutshell for you. That is Kevin McCarthy, and that is what these radicals stand for. Jordy, I don't know if you know this, but I think since I knocked my head on the chair, I've 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 tossed it over to you, you have, a little bit more. You have. I hope it's like one of those movies where you know you where you where something like that happens and all of a sudden like you change your perspective. So <laughs> I've, I, I recognize my wrong ways now as oh, a wow. result of it. Thank you. I hope I've been able to compliment you on the show a bit more today. You've you've done an incredible job, Jay. Um, but one thing for all the people out there to remember as well, though, is with all of this going on, we're not giving you this news to bring you down. We'll give you some good news in a bit as well, but we want you to be aware. And one of the tactics of authoritarians 
is to wear you down with bad news, with the perception of their inevitability. And you got to realize that they're very frequently, as is the case now, the emperor with no clothes, if you call it out, if you observe it, if you know their tactics, and if you're able to spread the message of pro-democracy in a way that actually uh, is louder and prouder and stronger than the way they're spreading disinformation. And I think that's something that is so critical. And one of the things that we heard a lot from people who went to patreon.com slash Midas Touch and saw the speech that we gave, lots of people said, look, one of the things that's great about Midas Touch, though, is it gives us hope, but not false hope. You're just telling us the news because the large media networks have uh, you know have have abandoned us. I do want to hit what took place in federal court though, where we had four members of the Oath Keepers um, who were just convicted earlier in the day on Monday um, with seditious conspiracy. Um, this was the second uh, trial of Oath Keepers. It was divided into two. So you may recall that. Um, Stuart Rhodes and Kelly Meggs a few months back, they were convicted of a seditious conspiracy. There was three other Oath Keepers in that who weren't convicted of a seditious conspiracy, but everybody in trial one was convicted of obstruction, but only Rhodes and Meggs with seditious conspiracy. And as I had mentioned back then, one of the things the Department of Justice is really good at is learning from past cases to make sure that kind of like artificial intelligence, they get stronger and stronger and stronger as they hear from the jury and they see the tactics being used. And one of the tactics used in the first trial was to basically make some of the Oath Keepers look like idiots and just like, hey, which they are, but they're also criminal and they're also terrorists. But they basically are like, oh, shucks, like we don't know what we're doing. You know, we couldn't possibly create a conspiracy. So this time, I think the DOJ learned from that. And, and look, the DOJ, I understand a lot of the criticisms, but to date, they've batted 1,000 in jury trials. Okay, they haven't lost a single jury trial, and they've convicted more than 500 people, 550 people. It's the, it's the biggest single prosecutorial endeavor in the history of the United States of America. Ultimately, in my view, it will all be for naught if they don't prosecute Donald Trump, if they don't prosecute the people at the top. But I think when they do, because I don't think it's if, when they do, I think people will look back at this incredible prosecutorial effort. Not like they've been sitting around doing nothing, right? Over 500, 550 convictions. They've still got about 400 more to go on their docket. Oathkeeper trial one, two people guilty of seditious conspiracy, everyone guilty of obstruction. All of those charges carry with it 20 year prison, prison sentences. Here we had. Um, Five, uh, four Oath Keepers, Ed Vallejo, Robert Menuda, Joseph Hackett, David Morshell, all four convicted of seditious conspiracy, all four convicted of obstruction, all four of aiding and abetting, all four of conspiracy. They'll likely go to jail for the rest of their lives. And this is happening right down the hallway. Think about all these things the DOJ so is nice. doing at once. Right down the hallway, you have the Proud Boys seditious wow. conspiracy trial taking place as well with Enrique Tario and Dominic Pozzola, you know, and so you have like Pozzola today asking the judge to prevent prosecutors from introducing an 11 page Proud Boys rule book that was seized from his home, which includes some pretty uh, bizarre gems right there about 
you know, it, I don't want to read it because just saying those words are, are just, are, are, you are so You horrific. don't want to read this? It's pretty, okay, fine. <laughs> and it's, it's so bizarre. I, I only got it. With, with this bump on my head, I only got a certain amount of energy, and it's not going to go with going and reading Dominic Pozzola's racist handbook. Just, it's <laughs> horrific and heinous. And at the same time, that's taking place. What's also taking place in the D.C. federal courthouse? Peter Navarro's filing a motion to dismiss who was in Trump's inner circle. The motion to dismiss is denied. The Department of Justice is getting ready to try that case for contempt of Congress for Navarro not showing up in response to the January 6th committee's congressional subpoena. So all of this is, is, is all happening at once. And at the same time, the DOJ sent a, it was, it was a funny letter they sent to Jim Jordan because Jim Jordan just keeps sending them letters. Give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. And they basically write this letter and they're like, Jim, let me just explain to you the way this works. We're not giving you any information. They go, they go, they go first, if you want to reach out to us, please don't contact us directly. <laughs> they, go, they go, contact us through the Office of Information Services and they'll deal with you. So stop sending letters to Merrick Garland directly. Like we're not going to read those. Here's who you send the emails to. And then they'll get back to you through a, you know, through a process. And we also don't give information regarding current criminal investigations. That goes against department policy, and it would be an infringement on the executive branch. And yes, I'm sure you want to speak to everybody at the Department of Justice, but let us know the topics, and we'll decide who the right people are to speak with you. And ultimately, one of the things that we've always done is be cooperative. And so if you don't want to be cooperative, you could go down that path. But we're prepared to put the right people to talk to you in the appropriate setting, potentially some in public, some in private, if it has to deal with national security. You know, in the Jim Jordan stuff that that they ask is all of this like deranged conspiracy theories, like why is the Department of Justice attacking parents at meetings who just want to protect their kids? Well, they're not, okay? They're not. But where a parent threatens to kill uh, members of school boards, then that is something the Department of Justice looks into. Where people at school boards act like domestic terrorists, the Department of Justice is going to look into that the same way they did arrest six people in Atlanta. And again, you don't hear, there's no one, you know, you're never going to hear us saying, how dare they arrest those six people who engaged in domestic terrorists? Arrest them. They engaged in crime, put them in jail. <laughs> That's where they deserve to be. I'm not saying, oh, they're political prisoners. <laughs> oh no, put 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 them in jail. You know, if if you believe in if you believe in law and order. But you know, Jim Jordan goes down that path in the Department of Justice. So the Department of Justice responds like that. So there's a lot going on that the Department of Justice is involved in. At the same time, Trump is just terrified of special counsel Jack Smith at this point. You know, he's like, why do I have someone who's, why is my prosecutor, again, a malignant narcissist, why did my prosecutor have to be a war crimes prosecutor? <laughs> why is why is my prosecutor so mean and, and Biden's prosecutor is 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 so anti-Trump? What are you talking about? Okay, the special counsel who was who was appointed to investigate Biden, guess what, Donald Trump? You appointed him. He's your United States attorney from Maryland. Out of all of the people that Merrick Garland picked, he picked someone who you appointed. And what's Biden doing? Biden's not saying, oh, that person's a savage. 
that person's a terrorist, that person's wife, this or that. No, Biden invites them over to his house. And Biden says, look, <laughs> go search. You can look at whatever you want. If you find anything, go for it. Have at it. Look throughout my house. I never intended to take anything. You know, I, all I intended to do, what all I want to do here is cooperate. And when Biden's asked about it by the press, Biden's like, look, this is a lot to do about absolutely nothing. The Department of Justice is going to do their job. I'm going to cooperate with the Department of Justice. And as I've explained, you know, before, Donald Trump is not being criminally investigated for the classification status of the documents, right? It's not that he has the documents that's even really being criminally investigated. What he's being criminally investigated for is concealment, is obstruction, is the destruction of the documents. That's what it is. There's not a single charge where probable cause was found in the search warrant that deals with classification status of the records. It's all concealment and obstruction because for over close to two years, Donald Trump continued to lie and move the documents around and hide the documents and likely destroy documents and hide the documents. That's where the criminal conduct takes place. And as George Conway put it best on Twitter, he goes, he says it sarcastically, I don't understand why the Biden people are voluntarily giving access to investigators instead of stonewalling and lying and screaming witch hunt <laughs> and calling the <laughs> investigators Gestapo and bringing frivolous lawsuits against them. He's being sarcastic, of course, but that's the difference between someone who didn't commit a crime and someone who did commit a crime in Donald Trump. And I'll say it here because I like to be a straight shooter. What took place with Biden is clearly sloppy, right? It's okay to say that. I think that's an objective assessment. And I don't think Donald Trump should be prosecuted for anything that's just sloppy. I don't, but it's not sloppy, okay? He's intentionally stealing not just a few documents like Biden, but thousands. Biden didn't steal any documents. He's intentionally stealing thousands of documents, including hundreds of sensitive compartmented information, selecting it so he could utilize it transactionally as part of his theft. He's specifically taking documents from what the reporting is about Iranian nuclear systems and Chinese weapon systems, and he's picking things and choosing things that he can use for himself to enrich himself, to benefit himself. That is, that's the criminal conduct. It's not sloppiness. And I don't, as much as I don't like Donald Trump and to say, I don't like him would be putting it so lightly. I still don't think he should be prosecuted if he didn't violate the law. I don't think he should be prosecuted if he's merely sloppy. I don't think he should be prosecuted if he didn't have intent. He shouldn't be, but he did have intent. <laughs> he, he, this is intentional, malicious and it's ongoing. He's doing it right now. He's calling Jack Smith a terrorist and a savage and attacking his wife and thinks that the rules don't apply to him. That's the crime, brothers. That's the crime. And that's the that's the whole difference right there. That's a mic drop moment right there for Ben. I mean, it's the differences couldn't be more clear. And as more and more happens on the Biden side, you see 
what it's really displaying for me is that contrast that you just laid out. You have a president who is handling things by the book, who is literally inviting investigators into his home and saying, look, get exactly whichever you need. Look everywhere. My house is your house First, somebody saying, those documents are mine, 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 mine. You terrorist, you terrorist, and your wife this and your cousin that. And I mean, that right there is the difference in the criminal behavior. And had Donald Donald Trump just took the documents and then the DOJ came to him or the National Archives came to him and said, hey, we need those back. And he said, oh, you know, shoot, my bad. You know, I, I don't know how that happened. Why don't you come by, send somebody over, we'll get it back to you securely. Guess what? Wouldn't even really be a story. It would be like a blip. We would find out about it. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. But it's a big deal now because Donald Trump made it a big deal. And Donald Trump's endless attacks on the prosecutor, Jack Smith, and his family, his wife, his wife's sister, all that, that is all going to come back in court filings eventually. And it's going to bite Donald Trump. It's going to backfire tremendously on him because that right there is in of its in and of itself criminal behavior. Couldn't agree more with you. I'm just was looking at some of the comments. People are like I like bump of the headband. Thank you for the person who likes bump. That's <laughs> character. Bump of the character. Though. It builds character. Um, so also, I mean, look. Let's talk about let's talk about some good news. Like here's President Biden today. Today, four hundred million dollars of our infrastructure investment is going to the iconic Golden Gate Bridge to ensure it will withstand earthquakes and stand for generations to come. He talks about how a new electrical panel could save your family up to 30% on your monthly electrical use. He talks about no parent should have to park in front of a fast food restaurant in order to access Wi-Fi for their children's homework and how the administration is delivering affordable high-speed internet to every single household in America. He's talking about gas prices are now down almost $2 a dollar and 60 a gallon from their peak this summer and how the administration's working tirelessly to lower costs for American families. He's talking about how tackling inflation and lowering costs for American families is his top priority. At the same time, the Republicans in the House of Representatives are introducing a 30% sales tax on, on all goods and all products Do you see how they're services. calculating that? I know you're on a roll right now, but do you see how they're calculating <laughs> that also? It's the most deceptive thing also because they know it's a horrible idea. It's, it's one of the worst ideas ever to institute, to implement a 30% sales tax on all goods and services. At a time, especially when you get elected by saying to everybody, prices are too high, costs are too high. And the first thing you're going to do is try to implement a 30% national sales tax. It's absurd. But what they're trying to do, the way they couch the language in the bill is they call it, as, as if this is much better, they call it a 23% sales tax. And then they go and show how they calculate it. And they calculate it in a way that makes no sense. They calculate it in a way that no person in the world would ever calculate percentages. They say, so if your bill is $100, this is what they say. If your bill is $100, you're going to pay 
$130. That's a 23% tax because 30 out of 130 is 23%. That's not how percentages work. It's 30 out of 100, which is a 30% tax. That's why, you know, a lot of people get are getting confused. They're like, why do I see some people saying 23%? Why do I see some people saying 30%? Because the GOP is saying 23% to try to make it sound not as bad, even though that still sounds bad, because they are calculating it on the final cost rather than on the initial price, which is also like a weird deceptive tactic. And it just, it's, I just needed to call that. I needed to call that out. Awful, awful people. This is why 72% of Americans disapprove of their job. Sure. Tell us about that poll. New poll, new, new, new poll, CBS Ipsos poll that says uh, 72% of Americans disapprove of the job that congressional Republicans are doing. 72% disapproval rating. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Or congressional Republicans. Jeez. It was on a roll. Okay. All right. The Biden administration actions to bring down costs are saving 13 million families $800 per year on their health insurance premiums. Uh, The strongest year of new small business applications in American history was 2021. The second strongest year ever for small business applications in American history was 2022. Um, I, I, I could keep going on, uh, house, I keep going. You know, on. what's great Ben, too, though, I want, I, 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 I want to show because this is also a difference because while you have the Republican party right now trying to do everything in their power to try to help their billionaire friends, how can we get more money to the billionaires? How can we implement this regressive tax system that actually penalizes people in the working classes while it allows their billionaire friends to not pay taxes on anything? That's their plan with this whole national tax and abolish the IRS. I mean, that's one of the things that's behind it, other than also just destroying our institutions completely and starving the government completely and cutting cutting all the social programs that people need completely. But when you look at the Biden economy, the Biden economy tells a much different story. You see the lowest paid workers seeing the largest raises last year. And I think this is something that's not being reported enough. The lowest paid workers saw larger raises last year than the top 10% of wage earners. Those in the bottom 10% saw weekly pay grow 9.8% from a year earlier at the end of 2022. The top 10% received a raise of 5.7%. And there are additional reasons too for optimism there. The it's the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years, five zero, 50 years, a record 10.7 million jobs in two years, the best two years for small business applications on record, annual inflation is falling every month. The median raise for black Americans employed full-time was 11.3% compared with the prior year. Weekly pay for workers between 16 and 24 years old rose more than 10%. The bottom 10% of wage earners, those that make about $570 a week, saw their pay increase nearly 10% and all those numbers outpacing inflation. That is real wage growth in this economy. And it's because we actually have a president who views things right now from the bottom up rather than from the top down. It's not the trickle, trickle, trickle down economics that we talk about on this show and that Republicans have been trying to sell to you for decades and decades and decades. This is starts at the top, starts at the middle out. And that is the big difference. And that's why we are seeing such different results in this economy compared to past administrations. All right. Now that we're coming to the end of the show, I just want to say this. You know how you're never supposed 
supposed to tell a pitcher who's pitching a perfect game, hey, you, you know, you're doing really well. You just kind of stop talking to them. I think you guys both pitched perfect games tonight. So congratulations, brothers. You guys did absolutely amazing. That's how I know you're taking the neurohacker, uh, neurohacker quality mind bend because you are absolutely crushing it. You too, Brett. Good job, brothers. <laughs> Thanks, Jordy. Um, can we talk about Jeff Zintz, who ran President Joe Biden's COVID-19 response effort and served in a number of high-ranking roles, is going to be the next chief of staff? Oh, Ron what Klain they're saying. Is, wow. It, it, it looks like it, according to some people briefed on the matters. I, I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion yet, but Ron Klain has served uh, admirably um, for two years, right? I think he's done a great job. That job is usually... Oh, a two-year job, and this is the kind of appropriate time where the baton is handed off. And so, um, seems like from what the reporting is, Biden decided on Zintz after an internal search when it became clear that it was really Klein favoring Zintz as his successor, as a successor, a factor that played a big role in the president's decision. Um, Klein had tapped Zintz to lead a talent search for expected staff turnover following the midterm elections, but that didn't ultimately materialize. And I think he grew to really appreciate the work of Zintz. And by the way, that's what leaders do. Like a good leader is someone who works to find their replacement. And that is always a great quality of, of, of leadership. And to want people who work with you, you know, for you, but with, you know, it should always be collaborative to always go out and go on and do great things. This is the way leadership transitions uh, should take place. And, and, and Jordy, that's how I view you. Oh, thanks, Ben. You're, you're setting me up to one day take your role as the legal breakdown analysis for Midas Touch. I think I have to become a lawyer in order to do that, but, uh, but <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I think at this point with all of our legal analysis, all of our Midas Mighty um, have have a good base of legal skills from which to at least <laughs> true, work true, with true, and true. share the pro That's how you view me. You're such a jerk. All right. Let's wrap up, brothers. He said a nice thing. As as, as a, It's a great thing. As a... As a as a leader, as a as a successor, why would that be a bad thing? Okay, I t I take it as a compliment. I may have misunderstood what you said, and now I'm embarrassed. So, back to Ben. It was the it was the <laughs> ultimate compliment. It was it, it was it was calling you like the successor, a leader, someone who I have the utmost respect for. The yeah, same but I way. can't tell if you're patronizing me. No, now. no, no. Now he, was saying, Jordy, he was saying, he was saying, you're saying you're like a sponge that you just absorb all the information that Ben says in all the videos, and that you yourself can analyze the law at such a high level by being part of it. And it was a compliment. And uh, I leave it to the Midas body to determine if it was a compliment or not. I think it was a compliment. It was a compliment. Everybody out there, though, check us out at the Patreon site. It's really next level what we're doing where you can meet us and we get to meet you. And Brett, show that screen because there was like three or four pages of people. Like I've never seen so many people on a Zoom because there's like three or four of these. This was so much fun. It was so much fun. Like Ben said, we spoke for about three hours, answered every single question, got to meet everybody. It was a really, 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 really special. I see some of the comments right now in our live chat on YouTube. If you're checking on YouTube of all the people who all had a blast doing it, we really had such a blast speaking with you all. And we hope to see more of you in there next time. There were like hundreds of people in this one, um, we're, we're so we're so thrilled to be able to have these these experiences with you all to share these moments with you and to answer all the questions directly. It's really just it's truly next 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 level. So consider joining, and we'll see you at the next one. Yeah, as soon as this episode is over, you go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, p a t r e o n dot com slash 
Midas Touch. Take a look at the different memberships there. Um, there's even a membership where you could become an honorary producer Ooh. of this podcast and your name appears as a producer. Just like those watching on YouTube, you can see the names of our honorary that list producers. That keeps growing. Account. That's so cool. You get a poster commemorating the fact that you are an honorary uh, producer. There are other membership tiers where you get postcards sent from us, other membership tiers. I think all of the membership tiers, you get to meet us on Zoom and we answer any question that you have. There's exclusive podcasts. We do first looks where we show uh, new content there before it goes anywhere else. And so it's a really great community. I think you'll like it. And we don't have any outside investors at all. And so the way we avoid having outside investors is we have this Patreon community and it's something that I'm really, really proud of. And so if you have the ability, no pressure if you can, but if you have the ability, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. One of the things lots of people told us when we had that Patreon Zoom chat is that they love the Midas Touch merch and they love getting it as gifts for friends and family members and coworkers. So if you want to pick up some Midas Touch merch, Go to store.midastouch.com. It's the only place you can get official Midas Touch gear. We have a lot of people who try to do ripoffs of the stuff that we make, but all of our stuff is 100% made in the United States, 100% union made. You can get the It Wasn't Rigged, You're Just a Loser shirt. We have the Convict 45 or Convict 45, Row, Row Your Vote, Row Vember shirts, and so much more. So go to store.midastouch.com. MidasTouch.com. Again, I want to give a special thanks, though, to both of our sponsors from today. Uh, Neurohacker, again, go to neurohacker.com slash Midas. Get that $100 off and the 15% off your first purchase when you use the code Midas. Go to Green Chef um, as well by going to greenchef.com slash Midas60. Get that 60% off there, plus free shipping, both products that we like and we use here at the Midas Touch Network. And let us know what you think about those products. And thank you to them for sponsoring this episode um, and allowing us to spread these pro-democracy messages and, you know, have researchers and and run this thing and get just as many views and engagement as the large media networks who aren't really doing this space justice anymore. I want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart. When I when I saw everybody on the Zoom yesterday, I got really emotional at the end. And, and I get emotional a lot now, uh, particularly after the shows and in the morning. After and it's because, it could be because I hit my head. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> But, I, but 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 the real reason is in addition to hitting my head, I become very sensitive since I hit my head. Um, is because of all the Midas Mighty. Like I know none of this is possible without you. Midas Touch has the most incredible community of listeners and viewers. You spread the message. You share these videos. You share the podcast. You share the merch. You share the Patreon site. And most importantly, though, you spread the message of pro democracy. You spread the message of truth. And every day you inspire me and my brothers and everybody who works at the Midas Touch Network. And I'm so inspired by you. You are inspiration. You're the secret that makes, or the not so secret anymore, that makes this uh, Midas Touch Network work, that it's a true community of people like you. And so from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of my heart of my brothers and, and, and my family and everybody, thank you all so, so much. Jordy, I'll let you take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty! 
At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.